Welcome to Catching Curveballs. I am Dr. Muji. And I'm Ayabade. As a bit of a reminder for anyone who's new here, just remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We can't say it enough. You never know who out there might be having a rough day and might just need something positive to listen to, even as background noise. So share it with everyone you know, and then give us feedback. Email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram. Also, this is a great time to introduce something new for the podcast. Listeners, we mean it when we say we really are so excited to connect with each and every one of you. And so we're starting something new. Think of it as a text Iabade opportunity. If you have any questions, if you have feedback about an episode, or even thoughts as you're listening along or afterwards, if something comes to mind, absolutely reach out. Genuinely, we cannot wait to connect with you. So everyone, grab your cell phones. I'll give you a few seconds to do so. You now have a new contact. It's Iyabade, I-Y-A-B-O-D-E. That's I-Y-A-B-O-D-E. And my phone number is 650-360-7282. That's 650-360-7282. Mom, I can't wait for this episode. I have to admit that I've been waiting for a long time for us to get to this topic. So I really can't wait to hear what you have to say to a lot of the questions that I have ready for you today. Same here, my daughter. I'm so excited about the possibility of all that we have to talk about today. But before we talk about the topic for today, I want to share with you and our listeners something that folks have been talking about in the last one year. Zoom fatigue. <laughs> yes, Zoom fatigue. You know, um, Zoom, WebEx, all these kinds of video conferencing modes have gained popularity to the extent that due to the COVID pandemic and working from home, doing things from home for many, many people, we see that it's causing many people to feel fatigued. And I am one of those people. So many of us are experiencing several adverse effects associated with quote-unquote Zoom fatigue. Some of these include non-verbal cue overload. Some of us constantly close up eye contact, you know, to the laptop or to the screen. Uh, there's also video distraction, uh, not to talk of extensive self-view. Imagine looking at yourself over and over as you talk with others on Zoom. And because of that, many of us, I wouldn't say everyone, but I think I've included, we're feeling drained, fatigued. So what to do to reduce these negative effects? Try not to lessen your boredom by distracting yourself with other screen-based activities. Also try to turn off self-view. I mean, there are ways that you can present yourself. Audio might be the best. Maybe focus more on using voice calls if possible. I mean, some situations will permit that and some will not. But if you're able to reduce the Zoom screen too, that would also help. For me, what I have found helpful, even though it's sometimes difficult for me, (laughs) 
is to move about during breaks. So in between meetings and um, other Zoom-related activities, I walk about. That makes a big difference because now I'm re-energized, my brain, my eyes, you know. I have a confession. Um, I think, you know, the listeners, mom, we've all been through a lot. So I feel as if this is a safe space for me to confess the following. I am not really struggling with Zoom fatigue and I am constantly on Zoom for my work and even personal calls. However, I started with pretty bad Zoom manners and it's only deteriorated from there. I feel as if I've gone from bad to worse on Zoom. We likely have recordings out there where I admit that my dress attire, my posture, my behavior on Zoom is pretty rough. I think I get pretty comfortable with my coworkers, with other people. So I'm okay with them seeing me in a state that might not be the best. And I think that's helped me in the long run because I haven't set this high bar for my Zoom behavior or mannerisms. I frequently will turn off my video if I feel as if I really just am not in the mood to be seen or it's a call where audio truly suffices. If it's something that is a meeting that I've been having in a similar manner before the pandemic and that I would have dialed into via phone, then I more than likely don't change my approach. I don't shift it to then be a video conferencing call. There are those situations though, where so many other people will be on video that I'll cave and just turn mine on. But I do try to be very protective of myself because just because we have this added value of video conferencing doesn't necessarily mean that it makes sense to spend your entire day on camera. I'm not a news anchor. I'm not an actor. My job description is not one that's prepped me for a life in front of a camera. Trust me, listeners, that's not what I'm about. So I definitely think that being mindful and careful from the very beginning has helped me because I can keep doing this for ages. I've still got a lot of Zoom days in my future. You are lucky, my daughter, because as a professor, I have to be on, you know, even though my students will not show their faces, I have to show mine. And then the screen in terms of the teaching, my PowerPoint slides and things like that, looking through chat box and reading what they are conveying to me and responding. So it can be tiring. I I definitely always need a break after a class. Well, it's a good thing that you have all these recommendations and tips. Now you just have to follow them, right? Maybe send us a report of how you're following them and how you're adhering to these. Well, today we are discussing stress and I'm so relieved that we were able to get to this now because April is actually Stress Awareness Month. And it's not even a new designation. It's been around since 1992. And there are so many different entities, so many different groups that are continuously studying stress and how it affects each and every one of us and approaches that we can take to minimize the impact it has on us. And so listeners, my mom and I have this ambitious and lofty goal today to condense all of that information that's available into something that hopefully makes a difference for you as well as the both of us. So mom, why don't we get started with an explanation of what stress is? You know, as I said earlier, I'm so excited about this topic. And so what I did once we decided that this is the topic that we'll be focusing on, I decided to go and review one of my favorite research databases, PsycInfo. 
what I did was to put in the keyword stress. And I looked for citations or studies that have been conducted in the last 100 years. And you wouldn't believe I got 66,000. Then I decided to look at the last 10 years and I got 39,000. It was like, woo, stress is a very important topic of interest. I hope you looked at every single one of those, mom. The expectation for catching curveballs is that you review all 66,000 articles, book chapters, reference material. That's the type of prep work that we're looking for here. (laughs) Can you confirm this? No, my daughter, I'm sorry to disappoint you. (laughs) I just looked for the number of times that the word came up in the database. That's fair. No worries. We'll let that slide for today, mom. (laughs) Anyway, uh, one of the definitions or descriptions of stress that I would want to share is that it is a feeling like you are overwhelmed or have to deal with more than you are used to or able to deal with. Another way we can describe stress is that it is an awareness of being under pressure. It's your body's reaction to pressure. So it involves many aspects of our being. And by that, I mean physical, emotional or mental, even spiritual. Some stress, of course, is necessary. That's how we're able to face or flee danger. And that's why you hear the fight or flight response. But this will be positive stress. When people use the word stress, however, their focus is on quote-unquote negative stress or distress. Very helpful start, mom. Even going back to my visual of you searching through psych info, I picture your face and the happiness and the joy you must have felt seeing all of these results and hits when you search for the word stress. It probably was like a kid at Christmas, honestly. Listeners, that's how much my mom loves psychology and loves this topic. That's why we had to do this podcast, because I'm telling you, she would be so excited seeing those types of results. I'm going to take things in another direction to one of my favorite tools, Google. Mama Google had a lot to say when it comes to the top causes of stress. The top five reported being money, work, family, economic outlook, and relationships. And I have an additional statistic. I'm nominating this one. This is all my thought, original idea. And that statistic is that every single person, every one of us experiences stress at some point in time. If there's someone out there who has never felt a moment of stress, please message us. Please, we need to investigate how you're doing it. Because in all seriousness, this is a natural biological response to threats. Whether they're real or perceived, it's a natural and instinctive response. And what we're describing here biologically is the release of adrenaline, of cortisol, of norepinephrine, all of which is meant to help you react. It's meant to help you in a fight, flight, or freeze response. Your heart starts pounding, your breathing quickens, your muscles tighten, your blood pressure increases. And all of this is incredibly helpful when you're facing a tiger, when you're in the wild and facing a tangible threat to your existence, or even momentarily in our day-to-day lives. But that's not necessarily the case when it's chronically. 
So mom, can you tell us a bit more about chronic stress? Chronic stress is what we should actually be concerned about. It's, however, sometimes difficult to classify what we are feeling as chronic stress because it can arise in the absence of severe incidents. I can easily see how that would be the case. I can see where if you don't have a particular event to attribute your direct or immediate cause of stress, you might not necessarily realize that you are in this continued state. You might not be aware that there are continued triggers or continued stressors that are impacting your mental health. And the reality is they're impacting your mental health in a very unfavorable manner. It's not a positive in this context. And mom, what are some signs of chronic stress? What are some of those symptoms that should really set off the alarms for us? Signs or symptoms can vary in their severity, my daughter. And they vary from individual to individual. However, some of the most common signs uh, would include aches and pains, having difficulty sleeping, fatigue. Some folks will be highly irritable, so irritability. And of course, for some individuals, they will have trouble concentrating on whatever they're doing. I see. Very helpful. Well, I'm taking note the moment I start experiencing any of these events, mom, I'm coming to you. By the way, my daughter, there are many more signs and symptoms, but those are just a few. That's fair. Before we dive into the causes of stress, can you help us understand the difference between stress and anxiety? Because even I myself, at this point in time, I do have a difficult time distinguishing between the two. Both stress and anxiety are emotional states or states of mind. People can actually experience stress when they are frustrated by an event or by a thing. People can also experience anxiety when they fear or worry about an event or something. Anxiety can be a reaction to stress or it can occur when people are unable to identify major stressors or events, conditions that trigger stress in their lives. Both stress and anxiety often go together. Again, remember, both stress and anxiety are not always bad. All right. Well, let me see if I follow that okay. Stress, the topic, why we're here today, Is this emotional state or this state of mind when you're frustrated by something, whether it's an event, something someone's done, maybe just the fact that something exists, an object is just in your way. Stress would be the frustration you feel as a result or that emotional state you feel due to that thing. But then if you're scared or if you're worried about something happening or about a situation, you can then experience anxiety and stress can come first. So if you have a stressor in your life, that can be the first thing you experience and then you feel anxious as a result. And the way you've described it, it almost seems as if they frequently go hand in hand. And so if you have your stressor present, you might experience anxiety. All right. Well, mom, as a psych professor, you must lead a pretty stressful life. What would you say your biggest sources of stress are? That's true, my daughter. Of course, I do experience certain stressors. I've been a professor, been a mother. Um, If I'm talking about or trying to identify the biggest sources of stress for me, I would consider health 
to be number one because I do worry. I mean, for someone who's had experience, you know, with some chronic illness or lost a son uh, to cancer, naturally, I worry not only for myself in terms of health, but even in terms of worrying about you and your brother. So I experience what some will refer to as parental stress. Another stressor is my career, but you might be surprised as to um, my perception of what the stressor is. Uh, But sometimes I just feel that I'm not where I want to be or I wouldn't say who I want to be. I'm thinking, for instance, that if I were in Nigeria by now, um, at least when I was growing up, I thought that by now I would be the president of a university or be the vice chancellor, we call it vice chancellor in Nigeria and some other parts of the world, uh, vice chancellor of the university. But nope, that hasn't happened. So associated with that, sometimes you just think of what could have been or what you want it to be that it isn't. And those might be sources of uh, stress. Well, mom, I have news for you. Forget being the president of a university or anything similar. You are incredible. And so I think you've reached the top achievement for any human being. Anyone who can say that they are amazing, they're an incredible mother, they're an incredible family member, that's something. I am a little biased, though. I am related to you. Thank you, my daughter, for the compliments. (laughs) But I completely understand where you're coming from. And I think also with the health aspect as a potential source of stress, I feel as if that definitely is a source of stress for me and even a cause of anxiety because you're so right when you've lost someone who's so vital. I mean, they're part of you. They're practically an appendage or an organ. They're so essential to your existence. And when you lose someone like that, it scares you. It's frightening. And you can't help but wonder, is the cold that someone I love has, is that something terrible? Is that lung cancer? Is it some esophageal issue? Is it something more serious than it might seem. And that's something that from time to time, you just have to work through because those feelings, they don't just disappear. They don't just go away. For me, another aspect that makes stress so odd is that at times it feels as if it's fuel. It feels as if it's motivating me. It's driving me. But then other times it feels like poison. It genuinely feels toxic, toxic to my body, toxic to how I feel. When it takes on that role of being my fuel, it helps me get through my to-do lists at work or even at home. It helps me as I'm prepping for a presentation or a big meeting, or even with releasing this podcast on time. But with that poison, that feeling that it's toxic, my body feels it. I will feel sick to my stomach. Sometimes it affects my sleep, and I'm a pro-level expert sleeper, so I know it's bad. I know I'm highly stressed when even that's impacted. But that separation and seeing some sort of boundary between the two can be tough sometimes because the same event or the same situation can fuel me, but then over time it does become toxic. With all of this said, what are some stress management strategies? Clearly, I need to hear them. So mom, help us out here. I agree with you, my daughter. It's important that we all have some strategies that we can fall back on. Uh, one would be to be aware of our mental chatter, that internal dialogue, the self-talk. I think in another uh, episode, we did talk about self-talk, self-affirmation, 
So it's important that we are able to redirect our thoughts and more or less focus thoughts, be positive. That could be one way of reducing our stress. Practice gratitude. And this can be done in several ways. One of my favorites is journaling. Uh, But it's important that you not only think of gratitude, but also feel gratitude. Uh, It's good to invest in a process or a journey rather than focusing on the destination. If you do that, that will help you reduce your level of stress. More so, there are some times that we just have to let go of what is out of our control. If you approach like that way, you will definitely lessen your level of stress. One strategy or sets of strategies that I think is important and that we've focused on in our podcast many a times is engaging in self-care. So that could be exercising, go for walks, run, walk out. Uh, those are good strategies that I think, Yapode, you actually engage and use. Uh, you love to run. And then, of course, engage in some other formal relaxation might include breathing techniques, guided meditation, guided imagery. Another strategy will be to engage in pleasurable activities that somehow related to um, engaging in self-care. But for those who are into outdoor activities, that could help reduce stress. And then for those of us who love music, I don't make music, but I love to listen to music. That could also be very helpful. And of course, we cannot forget about the importance of connection. That cannot be overemphasized. The need to connect with family, friends, to keep in touch. Uh, It could also be even other members of your community to connect with them, to help them out, um, to socialize. Just engage in anything that will give you a sense of accomplishment. The effectiveness of several of these strategies actually have been supported by research. Well, mom, we all know you're all about that research life. For me, from my perspective, I'm not the expert here, but I truly believe that stress is just part of life. It's here to stay. And although we can't control those innate feelings of stress, we can control how we manage it. We can take the approach of managing our response versus letting those stressors manage us. I actually have a quote on the board right behind me. Mom, I don't know if you can see it. This is terrible recording manners. I'm going to actually turn around as I read it. But it says, I am never in control of what happens around me, but I'm always in control of what happens within me. And I firmly stand by that. I really believe in that mindset. And I encourage our listeners to consider embracing it as well. Another important element here is that overall, what's going to make a major difference with how you manage stress is how well you know yourself. It's going to be so important to genuinely make an effort to get to know yourself better. When you're stressed or at least chronically stressed, it's probably the last thing you want to do. Your priority is more than likely addressing the situation in some way or maybe um, sharing your experience with other people or talking about it with family and friends, which is all great. But at the end of the day, it'll make such an unbelievable difference to actually get to know yourself. 
recognize the signs you're feeling stressed and the type of stress that you're feeling. Start to work out your triggers. You won't always be able to avoid them, but knowing them will at least help you if they're avoidable, or it'll help you manage your response and recuperate after. It'll help you bounce back after if they are unavoidable. Also get to know what exercises actually help you. I'm a firm believer in this. It's not about what exercises help others online or are the rage and ultra popular or about the exercises that help your family or your friends. Be real with yourself. What actually truly helps you? Take some time to figure out which ones do so. And last but not least, take it easy on yourself. Remember that this response is what has helped humankind survive and make it to this point. There is an evolutionary advantage to this reaction. It's part of how we're still here and still existing. So take it easy and remind yourself that this is bound to be an emotion you experience at some point in time, but you have the power and ability to take it from there. You have the ability to change how you respond to it and how you manage accordingly. Yes, my daughter, those are all great strategies. I love them, love them, love them. If I must add... If you feel overwhelmed and can't manage your emotions and stressors on your own, get professional help. Doctor, therapist, counselor, talk to someone. Definitely. If there's anything, listeners, that you get out of today's episode, even if you didn't pick up anything else, that is worth remembering. That's worth holding on to. Well, mom, it's what, 11 p.m. your time? Let's maybe wrap this up because this is a school night. It's a work night and we are here recording this podcast. So I think we need to end this one for tonight. I agree with you, my daughter. It's been fun. And I want to end with my quote for today. And it's by Maureen Kiloran. Stress is not what happens to us. It's our response to what happens. And response is something we can choose end of quote. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for spending time with us. Yes, we want to hear from you. Give us feedback on what you heard today and suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. You can email us at catchingcurveballs at gmail.com. That's catchingcurveballs, all one word, at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow us on Instagram for much more content at Catching Curveballs Podcast. That's Catching Curveballs Podcast. And as always, remember to rate, review, and tell everyone you know about the podcast. We cannot wait to connect with you soon.